and welcome to Second Act Reinvention, a Sochcast original with me, Archana Datta. This is a podcast about women who have discovered their potential, pivoted in their careers, or found a new way to express themselves professionally at what is traditionally thought as a later stage in their life. I truly believe that there is no set timeline to your trajectory and through this series and the amazing women I interview, I will prove to you that your second act, your reinvention is still possible, even if the societal standards, it is quote unquote too late. For my first guest on second act, reinvention, I am so pleased to introduce Dr. Shalini Malik. A very, very warm welcome today because we are starting an excellent series of second act reinvention with women in the second part of their life. So welcome Shalini for the second act. Uh, oh. It resonates very strongly and I hope we have, uh, I know we'll have a lovely conversation ahead. <laughs> yes, looking forward to that. To everybody who's here, I want to introduce Dr. Shalini Malik. Professionally, as the head of pathology department at the National Institute of Tuberculosis and Respiratory Diseases in Delhi, you are constantly trying to expand your scope of work as a professional in the highly demanding field of medicine. But somehow you have also managed to take the time to reinvent yourself as a writer and that is what you are curious about today. And that's where the reinvention comes, of course, with your first book, Stars from the Borderless Sea. What a fantastic name as well. Thanks. And you have long listed for the Earther Awards 2023. And now, of course, the first pertinent question. How did you reinvent as a writer? So, uh, that is really a very pertinent question because uh, this is, for me, it was reinvention of the first order. I had never imagined that I would reinvent myself and that too as a writer. I had a very conventional uh, career in terms of medicine, of course, demanding as you put it, but run of the mill, uh, uh, you know, with nothing very creative, uh, there is no scope for creativity there. <laughs> so I think that is exactly what prompted this reinvention because I think that all of us are a composite of many things. And uh, some of us are doing some work which, uh, which is very demanding, which is very, uh, it needs a lot of uh, studying, it needs a lot of input, but it may not be very demanding creatively. So I felt a need within myself to feel connected to myself Very and nice. that is where the creative path comes in and I began writing again I did not have a, so it's very contrary to the usual career where you know you know you're going to give exams and then take jobs and get promotions so I did not have a roadmap for this I started writing because it made me happy I mean, that is the sole one single reason that I started writing. It brought me joy. And I think it wasn't just the writing, it was the connection that I felt with myself when I was writing. It was the fact that I could be really myself and whatever I wanted and I alone wanted would come out on paper. There was no external force deciding that I have to get up and see a patient at 10 in the morning or send a report by 3 in the afternoon. So this was all me. And I started writing little, little pieces. I started sharing them and I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed 
what it brought to me and somehow i expanded and i began to write a book because um, i felt that i had these stories to tell and the stories were stories that i was looking to read as a reader and i was not finding stories which have people uh, or women protagonists who are mature uh, you know i found stories everywhere where women are in their 20s and struggling and then they just get everything and life is settled but that's <laughs> not how it works i was old enough to so i wanted to write about these kind of situations and uh, i took it up more seriously perfect so thanks for bringing that up but it really uh, you know coaxes me to ask you one on one hand you are a hardcore logical person a practical person being a doctor on the other hand you need to be really creative isn't it to start writing or to i think writing needs a lot of expression for expression you really need to tap into yourself and while you're studying all your life <laughs> where is that i mean how is that transition happening yes that is a conundrum but as i said I think all of us have uh, both the paths in us. Even for someone who's not a doctor, even suppose a homemaker, a homemaker is running her day on a lot of logic and a lot of logistics and things, true. right? That's true. So she's not uh, getting the scope to be really creative. I mean, her routine is going to go for a six if she. <laughs> so I think uh, yes. we have to tap into both these paths of ourselves, and I think that one. these these are not antagonistic these are complementary to each other because once we anything we do anything creative needs us as you said rightly to be in touch with ourselves to tap much deeper so it enriches us and when something enriches us it could be cooking it could be singing it could be just redoing your living room but when something enriches us it infuses us with more energy for even the practical part of it it prevents us from being burnt out because after all at the end of the day um, this is not really a transition for me i'm still a doctor and i enjoy my work a lot so it's not like i want to give up that part of myself i feel and i really believe that writing is now helping me to be a better doctor also my experiences as a doctor did inform my writing so it is complementary when we grow in one domain we will grow in wow. the other domain that's a great insight because i think that is something that we normally forget yes that how <laughs> we can complement a creative and a practical side together yeah. so you blended that beautifully but i'm very intrigued to ask you how did you come up with this name of your book and what's behind that <laughs> okay so um, so my book is actually about romance it's it's hardcore romance it's but it's also very empowering romance and we'll talk about that so the title has its resonance there stars from the borderless sea love is infinite yes right i mean uh, love is universal love is infinite and love is very very unique now the stars we can't count them the sea is an infinite thing without any borders so that is the corollary wow. with love and yeah. uh, we can't bind love we cannot have boundaries in the sky or on the sea wow. on the land we still do to some extent of course man made so that is what the corollary was it is a symbolic thing for the infiniteness of true love Uh, which true love at any age as in this book it comes across uh, through mature protagonists who are actually somewhere in their 50s 
so true love is always empowering it is always enriching and it will remain infinite so, so tell us a little bit about what you're talking about having a female protagonist or somebody who's in her 50s i think that's when we start to question ourselves yeah. our identity what we like we were just talking about it beforehand like the things that we really try to tap into much deeper because we have passed our first act of our life as duties of in various forms and yeah. to be perfect in every situation because the society puts us in that spirit of like yes you can do it you're the best mother <laughs> and the best wife <laughs> and then he says and by the way who am i <laughs> right so yeah so how did you really think of this character what is in this book in short if you can sum it up yeah. that big thing so this book uh, the protagonist here like all of us are the sum of our choices and like you said that at a particular age we suddenly begin to question uh i did this but was it really me was it what i really believe in or was it what i've been conditioned to do and when we question and the protagonists in this book are three very strong women who've lived life completely on their terms uh they have broken the conventional mold of uh, they're not stereotypical they are strong career women they have had the guts and the courage to see the relationships which are not working for them which are not serving them well which are not nurturing them and they found the courage to move on so uh, for me writing about these people was very very important because taking a decision or making a choice is one thing but also owning our choices is the other when you make a choice like the people in my book do with no fear of judgment there is you know something we are doing something are we right are we wrong we just taking the what we feel is right at this particular moment and we have to stand by our conviction any decision can go any which way but we should know that we took the decision because we were comfortable with it so that is what the protagonists in my stories have done they have built their lives slowly surely strongly and that kind of building happens you know with time so that is why they are looking back on their life five decades or in the case of one of them six decades of difficult choices but they realize that now the way they are living is truly enriching for them and those choices can take some time to you know uh, show us their results but if we have been doing them with conviction and uh, following our own heart and staying the course uh, we will be able to lead the lives that we want to and we deserve to <laughs> but don't you think that when we start to do that when we start to understand ourselves and to create that voice there is a lot of um hustle bustle which starts around us and like you know people start talking about oh wow she has become like this now we have never seen her you know in this avatar and yeah. what happened suddenly did you face anything like that when you wrote a book or you like you know doctors are doctors after all i'm sure that um, household sees you in a certain way and says oh my goodness i don't know what happened now you know that she is now reinventing herself as a writer yes i think all of us face that i did too uh, the biggest question that you get is q hmm why are you writing yeah and somehow <laughs> the answer that it makes me happy is not enough uh you know and but then you also realize that what 
people around you think of what you're doing is not important anymore. Mm. Uh, so that happened uh, because especially if I as a I work full time, so if I'm taking out time, that time will come out of some place, right? I will either miss out on a family gathering or of something. Course. I mean, so and that's important. I, right? It's important <laughs> more than it being important. I've always done it. So now the question is, why aren't you doing this and why are you doing that? And when you answer that this is making you happy, the rest of the world has a very critical kind of an eye on you that, oh, this is very self-serving. And self-serving women are not generally looked uh, uh, taken across as good or ideal. So, true. so that happens. Um, it happened. Uh, but then, uh, like the protagonist of my book, I think following your heart is important. And uh, that's what I did. Uh, so to, uh, you know, uh, you you have to also at some point stop justifying your actions. You you don't have to keep giving explanations. Uh, <laughs> this, it, this, it, is, this is a good takeaway. Yeah, it course. takes time to get there because I think we're so conditioned. Uh, if you just look at it, even, you know, I, uh, I attend medical conventions and conferences. So the default setting is that you will look for a conference when none of the children have exams, right? Of course. When there's no you other family commitment happening. And still, when you come back, you will buy something, even if it's at the airport. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, because you're I not supposed to leave them and go. Uh, you're not supposed to serve your own academic pursuits also at the cost of your children. Even if for the other 363 days you are the best mother around. So that's how we are conditioned. We are conditioned to give explanations even wow. to people we've given birth to. So you know, I'm sorry I had to go when you had a test. We don't need to be sorry. Yeah. It takes, but it takes some years before we get this. You know, I worked with Lufthansa for 20 years. And in 20 years, I must have visited Germany, let's say as an assumption, 500 times. And in 500 times, I did not step out of the office. I used to take the next flight out, even if it meant to go via a point. It wasn't a direct flight. Anywhere in Germany, if there was a point, even at 11 in the night, there was a flight. I would either drive, take a bus, take a flight to get connected and take the next flight back home. I have not seen anything without my children being with there. I was always a guilty mother. And I think that's the life that we lead, right? Yes, absolutely. We're, we're, we're conditioned. We're conditioned to feel guilty. Um, and this uh, saying this is, might sound a little odd. But if we don't feel guilty, we feel guilty about not feeling guilty. That's it's an infinite loop of guilt that, you know, we set up for ourselves. So coming out of that takes time. And I think coming out of that is integral to the second act. Uh, our first act, it's okay, we live and learn, right? Let's not beat ourselves up over that. So true. But uh, our second act uh, is that when we are happier, we are nurtured, we are better people. And I think that's good enough reason to do whatever we want to so do. So true. So for women who are listening to us today, Dr. Shalini Malik's life is showing us many kinds of decisions and choices she has yes. made to be the person she is transitioning from a doctor. I, I'm not saying that she's left that, but also experimenting in the, yes. into the space of expression and creative writing. I think it speaks volumes. 
it it doesn't happen with everybody and this sochcast special episode is dedicated to those women who've always thought that they probably can't do it because of some reason take yeah. that first step and you never know what opens up for you absolutely <laughs> absolutely great so tell me something uh, creativity is something that sometimes we feel i don't have it in me what is your take on creativity from your life experience what is creativity and what would you like women to know about creativity so i don't think that uh, uh, you know you need to define creativity in a particular way for you creativity is all the enriching work that you do these kind of sessions right for me it's writing uh, for someone else it would be painting all the beautiful things which are on the walls i can't paint to save my life so it doesn't matter but creativity is about being in touch with yourself and what comes out then is the product of your creativity you don't have to subscribe to this idea that only writing a poem or only painting or sculpting is creativity cooking can be creative yeah. um uh, you you might enjoy a particular sport absolutely uh, whatever is making you feel grounded whatever is making you feel in touch with yourself as a human being where you feel that and you do something and it enthuses you i think that is your own creativity and there is no uh, you know there's no marker that this is more creative this is less creative i think you should just spend uh, start by you know trying and figuring out what time of the day are you the happiest even if it's just listening to music you don't have to go and compose music yes uh, it's okay so that kind of thing what grounds you what makes you feel better when you've had a bad day when you've had a rush day so and true. you just feel calm i think that will give you the direction to your own creativity for example i was never one of those uh, people who say that right from 12th standard i wanted to be a writer i was a reader yes lot of us read books right but i i have not had any formal training I tried this. I tried photography also before this hmm. and I it was just something that didn't work for me, right? So I tried this, I liked it. So okay. just this process of trying will help you get to know yourself better. And I think wow. that's the first step, right? Great. So this uh, makes me also think that, you know, to write a book, especially fiction, right? You have to really get into the character. Yeah. You have to <laughs> empathize with the character, you have to feel the character, you have to know what the character is feeling. does that did it start with your your feeling a character in some way as a woman uh, what all kind of traits came out it does it does definitely you have to know your character very well and uh, that can only happen if you're you know uh, sensitive to things and people around you especially in writing fiction so i think that everyone has layers uh, you know and all of us are beyond what we are at this moment i mean we're sitting here we're talking we're having this lovely conversation we're having people listen to us but what we were doing 2 hours before this has influenced our moods has influenced Absolutely. our day so you know being sensitive to all that how a character is going to react uh, to those kind of things you build it up as you write you become more and more aware and that's what i meant when i said when you're connected to yourself you will be also more aware of your surroundings so definitely you have to get in the skin of your character uh, having said that uh, you don't have to be your character because you do write a lot of gray characters you do write a lot of uh, you know characters everyone can't be like us 
so you take away different things from different people and uh, their experiences they add up when we create our characters um, you know and the creator the characters like all people will have the good and the bad coming together and the layers so that's very important when you're characterizing anyone in a book in in fiction right so did reading help you did you read a lot or yeah, phenomenally yeah. i still read a lot and uh, i read everything fiction non fiction everything i mean uh, just name it and i read it so that helps a lot because that helps you uh, get into other characters heads right yeah. uh so and uh, so that helped me i i have always been a very very active reader i still am it it also helps you learn the craft of writing because i'm not formally trained but you do need to write right i mean you cannot just submit a paragraph which you've written abstractly right. so it helps you uh, uh, learn the craft of writing also of course there are other ways to learn and you must always you know develop a skill uh, right. but reading definitely helps all right so since you've been reading so much and um, you know you're saying you all kinds of reading and then you came to fiction writing fiction so what is a genre that you really love to pick first <laughs> and uh, did that influence you in writing do you are you a hard a hardcore fan of fiction then okay that's a very <laughs> interesting question so uh, first of all while my book uh, the debut book is fiction all along i have written actually very hard hitting feminist pieces uh, of non fiction all wow. along <laughs> so uh, so i write about whatever touches me I am an incurable romantic at heart the Yash Chopra movies and all yeah. that totally totally you can 100 times i can watch them so that touches me hence i write but also what touches me is um, gender issues uh, issues about diversity issues about inclusivity uh, issues about gender representation so i've written a lot of those pieces as well so this is about writing so i uh, don't have a fixed genre for the simple reason that if 5 years ago you'd asked me uh, where do you see yourself i would never have been able to say that i'm a writer i would be a writer so i don't know what genre i'll check pick next although i don't see myself picking murder mysteries and stuff but i do like reading them so never say never <laughs> when it comes to reading yes i love fiction uh, whenever i am feeling glow i i am a serial romcom reader <laughs> <laughs> I can pick one after the other one after the other uh just because they are light reads does not mean that I like only light reads I also read a lot of non fiction I read a lot of biographies I have always enjoyed them um wow. I I feel that that gives us an insight into how people have overcome whatever came their way and i mean obviously if you're reading a biography it's going to be about someone who's carved out a an exemplary life right so how they've done it there's a lot of messages there for us to learn for from um i also read a lot of uh, uh books which come into the intersection of medicine and literature and there are a lot of those around so i generally read everything i don't have a specific uh, things i just am very scared of horror so i don't read horror other than that i read everything and yeah. i think that everything again is a function of how you're feeling at that point like yes. i said so true so uh, depending on that one so same way for now my next book which hopefully will be out soon is not hardcore romance it's a book about finding oneself and it's a book about overcoming grief 
because i saw so a lot of people struggling with grief and sorrow during the pandemic and um, i saw a lot of people not being able to process these emotions so i'm writing of it's fiction but that's what the characters there are doing so i think as writers as people actually we react to everything which is happening around us and that decides what we will create uh, you know uh, whether it's in terms of a dish or in terms of a book or in terms of a piece of art we are responding to the stimuli so is it correct to say that writing is your second act absolutely absolutely <laughs> i uh, totally totally agree you know uh, it ha- it has given me a new lease of life uh, i have not given myself a new lease of life writing has given me because it has changed the way i look at uh, so many things so nice. including myself uh, and i think that's the most important thing it has taught me um to be able to understand myself understand what works for me and what does not serve me and um this this is this is how i see it uh i've been a mother a wife a daughter all of us of have so many identities a doctor a professional uh, a senior government officer so these are all identities which i've had but these are all identities where there are other people uh, involved. you know involved intermingling writing is mine i'm i mean i so i'm nice. i'm being very selfish about it but that's what the second act is also about to some extent right so writing is all me i of course i take a lot of inputs and etc etc but this is the part of my life which i control i think what uh, <laughs> chalini said here is what i love that it's all about me yeah. and second act is all about me Absolutely. and so beautiful and i think every woman needs to hear this <laughs> that there has to be a time and it has to be about you what you like what you want to do what you want to reinvent yourself absolutely as. and i i would like to add one more thing here i don't think there's a time limit for that you know it's not as if if you haven't done it by age 30 40 50 or whatever it doesn't matter whenever you do it yeah uh in fact in some ways uh, you will carry more experiences and you may be able to you know have a more enriching experience so you know it's just a process once you start it and then like you said archana when you realize that it's all about you that experiential feeling that comes uh, is totally awesome right so yes writing is my second act it's very close to my heart and i'm very grateful to have been able to you know um, make this way for myself so beautiful i want you to tell women who are not able to do it what is your advice to them to say what should they do as a starting point so first is don't get disheartened it's uh, okay now and this is also something which i speak about a lot whenever we have these conversations sometimes people make it look very easy it's not very easy at the same time it's not very difficult what you have to do is stay the course because like i said we spent so long so much of our lives trying to do things the way other people have wanted us to it's natural to be unnerved it's natural to find it difficult to stay the course but 
you know what you can and that's why conversations like these that's why things like the ones you are doing are very important you have to stay the course do it little by little it's okay you cannot leave all your responsibilities all your conditioning also behind in a moment little by little start questioning your beliefs is something and our beliefs can change so is something stopping you do you believe that you will be happier by doing things differently ask yourself this question ask yourself this question five times a day because no one's ever asked you this question you know and no one else is going to ask you either so you know ask yourself that oh i went there this was an obligation that was there could i have done things differently could i have carved some time out for myself even if five times may say one time you get an answer yes it's enough it is enough we we are not here each one of us is not here to change the world but each one of us can change our world a little bit right and that's enough so it's not definitely not easy and yes one more thing that i want to say is um reach out to other women don't you think so you you work so much with women don't you think that that really helps so reach out to other people reach out to other women whenever you're feeling stuck uh that has helped me a lot that's fantastic because i can tell you i was very close to reaching out to women you know how it is when you have a lot of women around you and especially in the corporate world you feel oh goodness uh not her because she snubs at me <laughs> or not her yes. she puts me down and honestly my entrepreneurship journey my working with women has opened this world to me reach out they only can lift you up yes. and the ones who don't you don't have to bother yeah. about them you know yeah. so let's read because there are enough women who will hold your hand to say come on you want to go there i'll take you absolutely you will find your tribe i you, you will find it and like archana said i really love that part where you say those who don't leave them aside i mean don't even think about them so i think that is very important connecting reaching out especially for women because okay. uh, we have we do have a unique set of challenges which you know we feel that we are struggling with alone but like we were talking just before the show we realize that we are not alone and that itself is such a huge feeling to realize that you're not alone you're not the first or the last person who's stuck in a particular situation so true so, i want to ask you this question after because it's triggered something in me and i just came back in fact from a debate where it said women empowerment a myth or a reality and i was the judge by the way for that oh this must have been an interesting debate <laughs> so what's your definition of so from my personal experience it's a reality sorry i i'm sorry i interrupted you but my <laughs> definition of empowerment i think uh, is just to uh, you know be able to take your own uh, decisions to make your own choices uh, to have enough information uh to make choices that for me is empowerment uh, and um yeah i i think it is a reality because i have been empowered by other women i have had enough experiences of the opposite kind but i choose not to dwell with them nice. and that it's also is empowerment when you're choosing what nurtures you you're choosing not to focus on what does not work for you that is also empowerment uh having said that um uh, yes the kind of experiences you spoke about all of us do face those at our workplaces 
and I think that it's very important for us to be aware of those, not to get carried away, not to get overly disheartened. But women empowerment is a reality and it is a reality in which women have a very strong role to play. Absolutely. What a fantastic episode <laughs> to kick start the first series on the Sochcast of reinventing ourselves for second act for women. So thank you. It can't have been it. It couldn't have been any better. And uh, what a nice. Uh, I mean, your thought processes are excellent. The way that you speak is amazing. The way that you feel and bring out a real substance is great. And thank you for doing what you're doing because there are many of us who want to be on this side but don't know what to do. And I think a lot clarified today. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for all those lovely words. And uh, it really means a lot. And to all those watching us, um, I think all of us are already on this side if we stand together. And like I said, uh, don't doubt yourself. We've spent too long uh, of our first act in self-doubt. And uh, reach out and listen and share your stories. And I'm, I'm sure that all of us will find our own second act. A lot of potential which is sitting right deep yeah. there. It's right there to reinvent yourself. So, I Dr. Totally Malik, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Archana. Thank you for the wonderful work you're doing yeah. and the kind of platforms that you're giving. I'm sure that they will inspire a lot of women watching us. Thank you Very so much. Very humbled. <laughs> Let's. Keep inspiring and let's keep reinventing. <laughs> this has been Second Act Reinvention, a Sochcast original with me, Archana Datta. This episode was edited by Bharat Arora, produced by Kiran Vatwani and shot at our very own Second Act Studios. We have loved putting this content together, this show together for you listeners and would love to be in touch. Find me or Sochcast on social media and do share your thoughts. I'll be back soon with yet another amazing story with another amazing woman who has reinvented herself. Till then, remember, it's never too late for your second act. And thanks for listening. Sochcast